0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with him. Yes Lord, thank you that we can come before you tonight, Father. Now thank you Lord that you've brought. Each and every one of us here, Lord. There's something, Lord, that you want to do in and through our lives, Lord. for Father, as we just worship tonight, Lord, may the fact that you are worthy, Father, just become a reality, Lord, more and more in our lives, Lord. And it's great if we sing it, Lord, but it's better if we truly believe and live that out, Lord. May each and every area of our life proclaim that you are worthy, Lord, that you are great, that you are faithful. And thank you, Lord, that. The faithful God that we serve, the only one that was worthy, Lord, you came and you laid down your life for us so that we can live in relationship with you, Father, but also do what you've called us to do, Father. And also just pray, Lord, that our people would be reminded, Lord, of words that were spoken over them, Father, and that your church, Lord, would hear the word of God for them, Lord, and that each and every one of us, Lord, would live with purpose, Father, to lift up your name, to see your kingdom come, and you will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Cool guys, so tonight's sermon topic is we're going to continue with prophecy and the title for tonight is From God's Word for God's People. You know what we've been busy with the last while? We've looked at the fivefold ministry in a little passage found in Ephesians 4 where God says that He's gifted certain people to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that all of us together Build up the body of Christ. We all have a function. We all have a gift. And when all of us work together, we build each other up so that we look more and more like Jesus. Each and every one of us individually more like Jesus, but together a lot like Jesus. We focused a bit on the pastoral side. And last week we began speaking about the prophetic. And tonight we're going to continue with that. And for those of you who weren't here last week, we just spoke about the importance of the prophetic word of God. Why is it necessary? And we looked at Jeremiah 1, where God comes and he speaks his word into Jeremiah's life. And we see that it confirms identity in Jeremiah's life. It gives him destiny, a calling, where God has called him to. And has spoken those words, I know you, I formed you, I separated you, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And even when Jeremiah doubts and he says, Lord, I don't know if I have what it takes. God says, but I've placed my words. Inside your mouth. And God comes and, you know, he carries him through that uncertainty into his calling. And that's very important for us. And tonight we're going to continue with that. You know, but it's something that's so strange. You know, while we see in the life of Jeremiah something being so beautiful. You know, God coming and really establishing great things in someone's life. So we've also see the same thing. Causing hurt. Confusion. Turning people away from God. The same gift, but used differently. To such an extent that some people say, "You know, we're not going to pursue the the prophetic gift anymore. We're just going to park it one side and we'll leave that there. But when we look at the fivefold ministry, we need that if we want to walk in the fullness of what God has called us to do. So we don't really have an option to park it one side. We can't say we just want to leave it there. We need to, as a church, see what God wants to come and do with this gift and how this gift works. If certain people has abused it, misused it, how do we use it well? Because we need it if we want to look more like Jesus in all of his fullness. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions saying that because the prosperity gospel is around, that's why the prophetic gift isn't used the way it should be. Certain people say no, it's because people interpret the Bible differently. You know, but all of the gifts of God and anything in the Christian life, when it becomes distracted from the purposes of God, when it's not functioning as it should, it all all comes down to the same thing. It's when we view the things of God and we forget that it's not about God, His purpose and His people. When we go to anything in the Christian life with a self-centered mind view, when we think it's about us, about our purpose, about our will, and about our people, then everything becomes distorted, and nothing is what it should be. And we'll also see tonight that specifically with the prophetic gift as well, if it's in an environment where God's people gather to lift up His name, to accomplish His purpose, then it works as it should. And we're going to look at a passage in Acts 13, verse 1 to 5, and we're going to see the prophetic word in action in the early church. And here and there I'm going to mention something about the heart of it as well. I'm not going to make a point on that specifically, but just, just take a note on the heart because it's very important for us. And I was just so edified by what Werner also now shared with worship and when worship ended. You know, that question, is he worthy? You know, maybe to help ourselves as well. You know, it's, it's a difficult question for us to answer because as Christians we know that's what is expected of us. The correct answer should be yes, he's worthy. But when you look at the aspects of your life, how you are following him, ask that question again in the light of that. Is he worthy? And we'll see specifically with the prophetic word as well. That question will determine a lot. What you do before you receive a prophetic word and what you do when you receive a prophetic word. If you know that he's worthy, things will be much more easier. But let's read through this passage. Acts 13, verse 1 to 5. Now, they were in the church in Antioch. Prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Neger, And that is really the word. It's the Latin word for black, so please have grace on me. Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting... And praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John to assist them. So there's a lot going on in this little passage of Scripture, and we can learn a lot from it. But just to start with a question that most people ask. How do I know? If this word is from God. Some people have spoken certain things over my life. I've heard people say some stuff. But how can I taste it? You know, how how do I know? What is the measurement stuff? Where do I go when I want to see? And when it comes to God's word and God's revealed word to us, there's two types of words that we speak of. First is the Logos word. That is God's revealed word, written word, the Bible. That will never change. That will stand. That is God's word revealed to us. This is what I expect of you. This is how I want you to live. And this is also my overarching purpose. This is what I want to accomplish. This is why I sent Jesus. And we can see these things from scripture. The character of God. What is our individual callings? Not so much. But what is our corporate calling? As a church, yes, we can see that. Through the written word of God. Then there's something called the rhema word. That is God's specific word. Still speaking today to his children. What are you called to do? You know, if I need direction in my life, I don't page through the chapter on Vian and Robin in the Bible and go see what God said for us. Otherwise, it would be a big book. Still busy printing. But there's, there's no such thing. You can't go to that place and see what God wants you specifically to do. Should I work here? Should I work there? Should we move there? What should we call our children? You can get some interesting names, though, in the Bible. But there's this joke as well. It says, we should stop giving our children biblical names without giving them biblical lessons. Because I was robbed by Moses the other day. (laughs) So just just be gay of that as well. So here we see the Logos word and the Rhema word of God. So the rhema word, the specific word of God, will never go contrary to the Logos word of God. You know, there's another joke, and then I'm going to stop with the jokes. But there was a pastor, and a guy came to him, and he said, now you felt the rhema word of God. This is the word of God. I need to divorce my wife and marry my secretary. Then the pastor said, okay, let's pray about this. And then when he closed his eyes, he slapped him. And they said, why did you do that? I said, I failed the Lord telling me to slap you. <laughs> and I said, that's what happens if, if it goes contrary to the Logos word. But the Logos word will also always be the basis for the rhema word to move from. So let's look at this principle, in Acts as well. Verse 2 and verse 5. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. While they were busy doing the Logos word of God. Before the specific word came to Paul or to Barnabas, they were busy doing what they already knew they should be doing. And that is gathering together with God's people to lift up his name. And why do they do that? Because they have established that he is worthy. That is why we do what we do. And even before that, we see Barnabas and Saul, you know... They actually came, you know, and we always see Saul as this church leader, you know. We, we always think that whenever Saul was somewhere, he was in charge. But that's not the case. In this first couple of chapters where Paul comes into the picture in acts, he goes to the church and he just serves the church. And the elders of the church send him and Barnabas to the church in Jerusalem to go and deliver some funds. These days it's easier just doing EFT, but they had to physically go there. We read that in chapter 12, you know, just before. This chapter. And we see while they were there, what were they doing? They were preaching the word of God. They didn't need a specific word for them to know that they should do that. We should, God, we should preach the word of God wherever we are. And we should worship God wherever we are. That is already seen through scripture. And while they're busy doing the Logos word of God, the specific word of God comes. And see what it sends them to. It sends them to a specific place. But to do what? To again do the Logos, Word of God. Specific place, specific timing. But the will of God stays the same. And it says that when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the Word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. That was what they were busy with. You know, this is so important for us. Not only to know the Logos word of God, but to do it. Because when someone comes and they give you a different word, you know, but this is going to distract me from what I'm already busy with. I'm already busy living something that I know is true. And the word that these people are giving me now is going to distract me from that purpose. I don't think this is the will of God for my life or you're busy living out the Logos word, already busy doing the will of God, as you see through scripture, then someone comes in, he speaks a word into your life, and you realize, okay, now I can do the already revealed will of God, more specific, with greater intent, with greater urgency, but it's not going to distract me from what I'm already busy with, it's going to give me more clarity, better direction, then we know that this is something that comes from God, and another reason why it is important, if, if we cannot live out the already revealed word of God, we won't live out the specific will of God for our lives. Because it's not always going to look like what we think. You know, maybe we're picturing something and we're standing on a stage or maybe like, you know, some, some worship leaders these days, but not in South Africa. Obviously, we, we're too cool for that. But in America and, and Europe, all about the shine, you know, and, and what they can, can receive. Maybe you're picturing something like that. And you're not living out the revealed will of God because you're waiting for your time to shine. But when the word of God comes to you, it's not what you expected. All of a sudden you realize, okay, but this word is not about me, but it's about him. And if your heart's not in the right place, like these people's hearts were, then you will go and search for someone who is going to tell you what you want to hear. And we can say a lot about the people out there trying to manipulate the people, but there's people who want to be manipulated. They want to hear what they want to hear, regardless if that's the truth or not. And we need to guard ourselves against that. We need to be in a place where we are all right to live out the revealed word of God, even if a specific word never comes. Because I'm not here for my own fame and fortune. I'm here to lift up His name, to proclaim His goodness. And I can already do that With what God has told me. So let's just look at a a glimpse of the revealed word of God. The overarching purpose. What is it that God wants us to do? And everything that God speaks will more or less fit into that. I think the couple of scriptures that's going to follow sums it up quite nicely. Matthew 28 verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So they will also see, you know, you, you'll never stop doing that. That's going to take quite a while. So you don't have to have specific words. You'll be busy teaching people all the things that Jesus commanded you for a very long time because he's commanded us quite a lot. And whenever the specific word of God comes, but it's not in line with this, let me know that it's, it's not something of God. In one way or another, it's going to look something like this. And when there comes a specific word, but it doesn't directly speak to this, but it's not necessarily wrong. Like, say for instance, Marius. God wants you to join a cycling club. It could be the correct word, and you decide, to okay, go. I don't see how a cycling club is doing this. It's because Marius already knows what he's called to do. God is just showing him a way to go and do that. But it's going to look something like this. And then there's another scripture in Luke. 4, verse 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus says, this is why the Father has sent me and this is why the Holy Spirit is upon me. And then before he goes to the Father, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. To carry on the mission that he has already started. And in a certain capacity, this is what it will look like. Maybe not all of us are called to do deliverance, but all of us can do deliverance. And we will do it sometimes, but some people are specifically going to go and do that. Recovery of sight to the blind, yes, speaks about spiritually. I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not work in darkness. But it also speaks about physical healing. And some of us are called to go and heal people physically. Is a gift in your life. But then it says you to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we are all called to do that. What is the year of the Lord's favor? You know, we read in Isaiah 61, God promising that he will send his Messiah. He's going to send a Redeemer that's going to offer salvation for his people. And then Jesus comes and he says, That time is now. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, In a favorable time, I've listened to you, in the day of salvation. I have helped you build now. is that favorable time. Build now. is the day of salvation. And what does that mean for us? It means that God is saying that there is an immense grace and anointing that he wants to pour out on anyone that says, Here I am, Lord. I give myself fully to do what you've already revealed in your word. I know you want to see people saved. I know you want to see them set free. Here I am use me. And God says, I give my grace to that. I will fill you with my spirit for that because you've given yourself not to something that you want to do specifically, but to what I've already revealed in scripture. And there's immense grace for us if we want to go and do that. That takes us to the first point. God's unique word flows from his revealed word. You know, and if if we can get our hearts to that place, you know, where it's enough for us. Not to have something specific, not to go and shine somewhere bright on a stage or, or do something that will give glory unto us. But if it's enough just to live out what God has already spoken in Scripture, then our hearts is a great place. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we should not pursue what God has for us individually. We should do that. There should be an immense burning desire in your heart. To say, Lord, I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to do what you've made me to do. I want to live out the purpose that you have for my life. But if that's not significant in the world's eyes, it's enough for me. I'm okay. And again, when we do that, it guards us. When someone comes and speaks against the word of God, we will not easily be led astray. But another thing that's also going to happen, and that's why I say the question, is he worthy? will determine a lot when the prophetic word comes. Because we forget that Paul already received his calling from an individual, but he waited in the church of God, busy ministering, busy serving, busy being built up. till the church confirmed that word and sent him out. And many times we, we wait for this unique calling of God for our lives, but we remember that it's not always going to be that glorious. We read in Acts 9, Paul on the road to Damascus Meets God, goes to the city. And then in verse 15 and 16, he sends Ananias to Saul. And he says, He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles, before kings and the children of Israel. And that sounds great. Till verse 16 comes, and God says, And I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Paul knew. And he was waiting for that day when he's going to go out with a great calling, but there's going to be immense suffering. Shipwrecked, being stoned, being whipped, and eventually being killed. And on his way to Jerusalem where he was going to die, a lot of people warned him, you're going to die, why go? And Paul must have replied, for the sake of his name. Because I've already determined that he is worthy. That's why I will go. Because it's not about me. It's about Him. And sometimes words will come to us and it's going to give us comfort. And he's going to give us direction, but it will always be about God. If you're in a difficult time, He's not going to say, don't worry, you will make it, you have strength. He's going to say, God will carry you through. If you had need and you don't feel like you're going to come through, He's going to say, God will provide. It's always going to be about God. Always going to be about God. He's the one that speaks. And he's also determined where the prophetic word should work. Because they were sent out through the church by the Holy Spirit. It says here in verse 1 to 3. Now they were in the church at Antioch. And it says there while they were worshipping the Lord. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. The same church that they went to serve is the same church that sends them out with a prophetic word. They didn't go to a prophetic place to receive a prophetic word. They were just gathered with the people of God to serve the church. went they to, to serve, and the church built them up so that they can go and build up the church. And that's what I said in the beginning. A group of people, God's people, gather around A singular purpose, to lift up His name and to see His purpose be done. That is where the prophetic word flows. You know, many people have said that the church is a safe place for the prophetic word, but that sounds like you know we've we've discovered that in these times there's a danger regarding the prophetic, and we've went and we looked for a a safe place, and we discovered that the church is a safe place, and God is not. This is not a safe place. This is the place. This is where it works. Just like a fireplace is not a safe place to build a fire. It's the place. You know, we didn't go and then first made a fire in the kitchen, then in the living room, then in our bed. And then we discovered, oh, this place here, this works nicely. That is the place. Not only the safe place. And then Paul Look at what Paul writes to Timothy, the same thing. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. The church, not just one guy in the church, the community of the church. So what do we, do we? Okay, do I walked in Sparta the other day. Someone came to me and he said, this is the word of God for you. Should I just reject that? No, because he can also be part of the body of Christ. Maybe not just this one. So what do you do? You take it to your small group. Listen here, there's this guy at spar and he said, you know, he really feels God has called me to participate in the hundred meters. He'll be my coach if I pay him a certain amount. And then your small group comes with the voice of reason, brother, you won't be able to to do a 10 second hundred, even if you're on a motorbike. God has not called you to do that. And then out of humility, we say, yes, I hear what you are saying. Maybe I'm not called to do that. Maybe the word of God comes and you know, it's, it's spot on. This is what God wants you to go and do and you bring it before your small group. And they say, yes, we can see that in your life. In fact, I prayed this morning and I've heard the exact same thing. God has called you to do this. And maybe if it's a bit more tricky than that or a bit more specific, do what these guys did. I love actually what the Afrikaans said this morning as Werner read through the passage. The English lets it sound like, you know, they were busy fasting and worshipping the Lord Then God spoke and then they continued what they were busy with and then they laid their hands on them. But the Afrikaans said they fasted and they prayed again. The word of God came. We, We set ourselves apart. We fasted and we prayed again confirming the word, we lay our hands on them and we send them out. As a small group, let's fast, let's pray. To see if the people in our small group are really called to do what God has called them to do. And let's send them out. If we want to see whether with with the, the prophecies that has been spoken over us are true, take it to the people who are supposed to be banners of the truth, pillars of truth, the church of God. That takes us to the second point. God's word for his people flows from his people. And again, this is where the heart also comes in to be teachable, to be humble. And someone says, you know, this is not what God has called you to do. And I know that you've actually been working towards this thing. You've given a lot of time, a lot of effort, and you've practiced. But God has not called you to do this. And then to have the humility to lay that down and to go and do but God has spoken over you, but what the body of Christ has also confirmed. I love what Badner also shared this morning, and he says a lot of people come walking into the door, and the first thing that they do when they come to him is say, I am this or this name, I'm a prophet, or I am a worship leader, or I am this. says, okay, join the body, and serve well, because the body will decide whether you are a prophet, whether you are a worship leader. Maybe it's easier to see if someone is a worship leader than a prophet. But the body will decide. And to have that heart also to say, you know, with that humility and that gentleness, I'm not here to lift up my name. I'm here to lift up the name of the one who is worthy. And regardless of what comes. That's why point one is so important. Regardless of what comes at point number two, I'll do that. Because I'm not here to build my own kingdom. But I'm here. To build up God's kingdom. lift up his name. And I want to say to us tonight as well, that if you struggle to receive from other people, especially when they tell you what you are not good at, be very, very careful. Lest you think the gospel is about you. Because it's not. It is about God. know John Maxwell, he responds to, you know, people saying that, you know, I serve a God of love. You won't send people to hell. And John Maxwell replies and he says, you are correct. He can send people to hell because your God does not exist. The moment we think that everything is about us and our purpose and our will, everything gets distorted, not just prophecy. The image of God, the message of the gospel, the gifts, everything gets distorted. You know, when these things are in place and we're busy obeying God's revealed word and his unique word comes through his people, only one thing remains, that is to go and do that. We read in verse four and five, and from there they it said they went, and from there they sailed. When they arrived, they proclaimed the word of God. And you know, it's just crazy for me, you know, that quick obedience, even in the face of knowing what is going to follow persecution. In the church, God speaks. They lay their hands on them. They send them off and there they go. And I, I actually imagine in the early church, everything that God has spoken over them was in the past tense. We went, we did, we proclaimed. And the modern day church, we will go. We will proclaim. And we need to have that same obedience that these people have because they've already decided that he is worthy. Therefore, they will go. And in some of us sitting here tonight, you've already been sent. We just haven't gone yet. But there's grace for that, and it's okay. You now Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, by the prophecies previously made about you, wage the good warfare. And the New International Version says, by bringing to remembrance, remember the words that God has spoken over you. Hold fast to that. It's not too late. And the King James Version gives this impression. It says, by the prophecies that has went out before thee. Isn't that just a beautiful word? The things that God has spoken over you have already gone out before you. To make a way. To prepare the ground. Everything is there. All you need to do is follow that word that God has already spoken over you. Invest ourselves in the things that God is speaking over us. You know, This one guy said with Halloween that just passed, speaking about commitment. He says, I'm going to wear commitment for Halloween because everybody's scared of that. And the same thing comes when God speaks over us. We need commitment and diligence to pursue the things that he has called us to do. To go after it. You know, Paul and Barnabas, they didn't wake up two months later and, oh, God must have been Wrong. Now the prophecy might have been wrong because we're still in Antioch. We didn't magically just appear the place where God sent us to. They went. They were obedient. They had commitment. Paul speaks over Timothy. 1 Timothy 4 verse 15. Just after he says that there's a gift in you by prophecy. When the elders prophesied over you, the gift. What should you do with this prophecy? What should you do with this gift? Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all might see your progress. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You know, I love that picture, immerse. Paul is saying, if God has called you to jump in a river, don't go ankle deep, don't go waist deep. Immerse yourself. Go all in. I'm going to give myself fully to the things that God has called me to. And this Last year and a half, where God has really been spoke, speaking to me about prophecy. I've spoken to people and you know, asked the question, what has God called you to? What is the words that have spoken over your life? You know, and Some people, that they didn't know and realized, okay, I'm actually not that diligent in pursuing the word of God for me. But for those of us who knew, you know, and me included, when it came to, okay, but what are we now doing regarding these words spoken over us? How are we pursuing them? You know, there wasn't much seen. You know, we're just gonna wait. Um, my wife as well, God has really spoken over about, about Kids Church, about raising up the next generation of kids. And the one day she woke up and she told me, you know, this isn't gonna happen by itself. I eh? I should start doing something. I said, Yes. I think the first step is to go and sign up for Kids Church ministry. Uh, it's not gonna happen by itself. We need to go and we need to pursue the things that God has spoken over us. And you know, if you may be asking yourself, but how? how, where do I start? I really want to allow the church to build you up so that you can build up the church. Join a small group and then be intentional. You know, discipleship doesn't always need to be perfect and it rarely will be perfect, but it needs to be intentional. We need to intentionally pursue what God has spoken of our lives. It's not just going to happen. We need to take ownership. We need to fan into flame. We need to immerse ourselves. We need to practice these things. And that takes us to the last point for tonight. God's word flows through obedient hearts. And when I typed that out on the computer, the words of Solomon just echoed in my, in my head, you know, with the rites and ecclesiastics. This is the whole duty of man. Fear God, obey his commands. Realize the greatness of God, the one who is worthy, and then do what He says. Obey. Go when He speaks. Now, are we doing tonight, church? Are we fanning into flame the gifts that God has given us? Are we immersing ourselves in the things that have spoken over us? Are we pursuing the words that has already went out before us? Because God is ready, and there's immense grace. An anointing that He would like to pour out on all of us. We say, here we are, Lord. Use us. Send us. In any way, you deem fit. Because you are the one that is worthy. Let's stand and pray tonight. Just there we you're standing. Just... Close your eyes, focus on God. And if God has spoken words over your life, just ask Him, just there where you're standing, Lord, bring to remembrance the things that you've spoken over me. And maybe if you've never heard a word of God for your life, just there where you're standing, just in your own words, say, Lord, I want to give myself to the will you have already revealed through Scripture. Yes, Lord, thank you, Father, that as we are standing here before you, Lord, and people just praying, Father, I pray that you would bring to remembrance, Lord, the things that you've spoken over them, Lord. And like Paul writes at Timothy, by bringing those things into remembrance, go wage the good warfare. Don't just shadow box, but heed precisely, knowing what God has called you to. And for those of us standing here tonight and you've never heard the word of God being spoken over you, say so, "Yeah, I am Lord I will give myself to your revealed word and I will serve you the best as I can and I will lift up your name irrelevant of where I am or what's going on until you speak and regardless if you do but I will lift up your name I'm not here to live for myself but I'm here to live for you I want to live for you Lord I want to lift up your name tonight i just want to stir some faith you know just to give some action to the things that god has already spoken over us if you want to just by a sense of beginning to move just show and say lord i want to pursue what you've spoken over me i realize lord that there's things that you've spoken over my life and they've went out before me lord but i want to put action to my faith i want to go where you call if that is you i just want us to move to the front and just say, Lord, I'm moving. And come lay down here at the stage. Just come and pray in your own words and say, Lord, I will go where you sinned. And I will follow what you've spoken over my life. If that is you, you can just come to the front and show God that we want to move, we want to go.